inside the house. Don't open the doors, guys. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the un-whatever, the undead, the unlistening to uh, New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way from across the pond is my cohort, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Parascience, Steve Parsons. If that intro gets any longer, we'll have to go straight to the break. Good you afternoon, know, I, was just, I was just thinking that myself. I, I, <laughs> we, can, we can do the whole show in just the intro. Yeah. Actually, so anyway, um, I've heard some American paranormal radio shows, and the first 10 or 15 minutes is just, uh, hi, this is... Steve Parsons, and I always yeah. listen to... And I always listen to this there channel. You yeah. There you go. There you go. And speaking of that. channels, we, we want to say, first of all, we want to say we're broadcasting live at Tojinet. We're also on Pararex Ghost Channel and newly, newly Planet Paranormal. So there you go. Also, we're on TuneIn app and whatever else. Well, if you apologize for the guest, then I can do the unforeseen circumstances pun. Okay. Anyways, we were scheduled to have um, Mr. Barry um, John on the show. How could I forget John? That's an easy name. But unfortunately, there was a miscommunication between him and I, which is common if you know me. And uh, I had the wrong date. So he will be on May 6th. But um, what were you going to say? Well, it's the inevitable. The meeting is <laughs> cancelled due to unforeseen circumstances. Pun, isn't it? That's so cute. You You've just got to. If I didn't do it now, somebody. Oh, there you go. Somebody's done it in the chat room already. Why? It's only you and I in the chat. Not just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I've just done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, if you do want to join us, please join us on uh, the Pararex or the Tojinet chat room, and we will take your questions. Or you can call in. Oh, wait a minute. We have a new number. I, uh, for those who do not know, we just moved. Uh, the station moved. I didn't move. I'm still in the same chair I was when I opened. But the station moved to a brand new facility. So that's kind of cool. And you're going to give out the new number? I don't know it. So how can I give it out? (laughs) Well, maybe by the magic of instant communications, it will appear along the bottom of the chat bar on Skype in a minute. And then one of us can read it out. I'm British. It's going to be 555. Hello, Ghostbusters. We got one! Or something like that. Or why do all American phone numbers start with 555? They don't. In the movies? They come up with that. Yeah, they do. They do. If you watch any American Hollywood movie or uh, TV show, um, they always, the phone numbers always start 555. Yeah, whatever. They do. You say so. Even on, even on lizard lick towing. 
Okay, fine. Moving on. Anyways, uh, Steve uh, Parson, of course, is a world-famous ghost hunter because he was on Most Haunted, the TV show that was on for 10 years. So he's well-known, and, and he's a star in Japan, for those who don't know, and that's that little island off of China. So there you go. Um, it's slowly being destroyed with nuclear waste, but other than that, it's fine. Um, anyways, it's, it's, same way as, it's got, by the sound of it, it's gone the same way as Most Haunted, then. It's the home of Godzilla, right? Uh, if you say so. I'm, I'm waiting for... 555 is the opening digits for information so it doesn't ring to anyone's home. Thank you, Spooky. There you uh, go. Yeah, whatever. Had my question anyway, answered. So, anyway, uh, Steve, and, and uh, once again, I do apologize for Barry John not being here. Uh, he will be on May 6th, but... Anyways, um, and our new number apparently is one eight hundred Van Helsing. No, it is not. Stop that. Okay. The new number oh, here is you go. here. You go eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. Eight seven seven eight six four four. That's the same as the old number. Well, you said that's a new number. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old one. Thank you, Karina. All right, so there you go. <laughs> that is the eight hundred one, right? Uh, whatever. Anyways, um, you actually had a busy week, and I, I understand, by the way, that you're not feeling well, and so I, I'll, I'll take it a little easier on you oh, today. You. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but you you actually did uh, some ghost hunting, right? Yeah, it's not something that obviously I go ghost hunting a lot, but what, something I don't do very often is um, public access ghost hunting, where groups of people go along with an events company and take part in an investigation. Um, I haven't been on one of those for a number of years. I haven't been on one as a paying guest for I can't remember how long. Wait a minute, you um, actually paid for this? I did pay for it. I was happy and pleased to pay for the privilege of oh, a God night out. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. i got to ask you because we in the United States have different prices. How much did it set you back? Do you want me to do the dollar conversion? Um, no, you don't have to. We can do it. All right, it. 40 40 pounds. So it's about 60 bucks or yeah, 70 60. bucks, depending on the... But they had, but they had a, a bog off, buy, buy one, get one free offer on. Oh, they did? Yeah. So who'd you take? No one. Ah, that's good. No <laughs> people to go with me. They all know I would have, You should have called me up. I would have been there in like two minutes. Uh, well, uh, next time. Um, so, if you've, if for those people who are familiar with my Facebook page, will have seen a castle which is on the profile bar, the the, the cover photograph. The yeah. castle is called Keru Castle, C A R E W, which is situated less than three miles from where I live in West Wales, yeah. and it has. It was also the castle that we used for the Wall Street Journal shoot and articles. Um, it was convenient. But it does have a very interesting story attached to it, and that's the story of the ghostly ape. Excuse the, me? Uh, yeah. It has a, uh, a legend attached to it and is reputedly haunted by a ghostly ape who goes by the name of Satan. What? You, could, you couldn't make it up. It's true. The, uh, back, back in the 17th century, uh, the uh -huh. castle was was uh, part of the lordship of Cerise Ap Thomas. And Cerise was obviously a very important local uh, man, of, man of means. Mm -hmm. And he had, 
and it, Kerry is actually even today is quite a large castle, but back in the day it was considerably three, four times larger than the than the present site. So when we're talking about large, uh, Steve, what are we talking about? Just curiously. I mean, um, well, it covers certainly several acres uh, within the within the within the walls of the. It, does it have a lot of rooms? Uh, um, what's left today is primarily the core of the castle. So you're, you're left with a four-sided block with a tower at each corner, the gatehouse, um, and numerous sort of open spaces because a lot of the flooring is missing. Okay. Uh, is there a dungeon or anything? There is no dungeon that's uh, currently existing. There is an undercroft, a crypt, and there is, uh, which is situated beneath the Great Hall. And adjacent to the Great Hall is the chapel. Um, it's not the largest of the local castles. That honor goes to Pembroke Castle, which okay. is uh, about the same distance away and about three miles from Carew Castle, which was the birthplace of King Henry VII, Henry Tudor, as he then was. Uh, it too has inevitably uh, legends and ghosts associated with it, but isn't on the the investigation circuit. It's privately owned, and they don't really encourage uh, ghost investigations. But Carew do, and it's always been a intermittently popular venue. And the reason it's intermittently popular is because um, we are quite remote here in the West, um, and you companies coming out this way have struggled to uh, build attendances because people seem mm-hmm. to think that, you know, that it's just way too far. Forgetting, of course, that, you know, if they come down and make a weekend of it on the holiday beaches, I sound like a tourist re- uh, agent here, or one of the four or five other haunted castles that we have, uh, they could make a bit of a weekend of it. But nonetheless, um, Kerou is on the circuit. It does intermittently get investigated. And the most famous story, of course, is the ghostly ape of Kerou Castle, who... After a fight with Cerise Aptomus, um, who was tormenting it, the it, the ape allegedly killed Cerise. Um, Wait a minute, where did the ape come from? It was a pet. It was a Barbary ape. Um, oh, so he okay. got it from North Africa on one of his on one of his travels, or, or from. And he just brought an ape home because he had nothing. How how it how it actually arrived, but apes were actually quite common as pets in medieval England, uh, within medieval. Uh, Britain, so it's not an uncommon pet, um, and it was really? considered quite a status symbol. But to reason, nonetheless, uh, he threw the ape into the fire. Uh, there was there's, there's different versions of the legend. The classic version is the ape attacked him. He th- fought it. Um, he threw the ape into the fire where it died, and then he later died, perished of his wounds. Um, the, the, it, it sort of rolled itself into mythology. Um, so, so are the, of, the the ape and him fighting internally, uh, eternally um, on? No, no, no. Um, the uh, interestingly, Cerise doesn't really make very many appearances in the haunted history of Kerou. Um, that honor goes to, as I say, um, the monkey, Satan, and it also goes to a Welsh princess uh, who owned the castle several hundred years before Cerise did. The castle itself uh, is. Uh, sort of a multi-layered uh, construction, and the original sites probably go back to pre-Roman times. Mm-hmm. Um, princess Nest, who was a, a Welsh princess, um, and was a very famous, very beautiful lady, 
Um, and as all famous, beautiful royal princesses did, she was forever getting kidnapped and having children and then getting re-kidnapped and the, uh, the victim of storytelling often. But Nest, uh, this, this formed part of her dowry, Carew uh, uh-huh. did. And her figure has often been seen walking the battlements also as a white lady figure. Um, but not nowhere near as famous as, as Carew's monkey. So where is this monkey being seen? Uh, predominantly, he's seen in the west, the west uh, wing of the castle. Um, people have variously reported. He, he's very rarely seen, um, but people do report the sounds of an ape um, or the, the smell of an animal. Or most bizarrely uh, of all, some mediums um, sense bananas. Which I think must be allegorical because I, I'm not entirely sure that bananas were um, were around in, in the Middle Ages in Great Britain. And if they were, um, I think they would be considered an extremely high status item. Mm, yeah. Exactly. I don't think you'd give it to your monkey. You know, I don't, so we actually I had a, a question. We actually had a question from the Pararex chat room, uh, and it kind of goes with the story you're telling us. Do you think that perhaps, you know, if you did have these apes in England, perhaps that's the source of some of these Bigfoot sightings that uh, occur in the UK? We don't get that many of them, to be honest with you. Uh, no? I, I, I'm struggling, actually, to think of. We, up in the Lake District, there is the Grey Man, well, Scotland, actually, there's the Grey Man of Ben McDo. Uh, which is seen in the mist, misty mountains of, of uh, the west coast of Scotland. Okay. Um, but he's not really considered to be a Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch-type creature. Um, we don't tend to get very many of them within our folklore. Our folklore is predominantly black dogs um, with glowing shucks, red eyes. Black shucks. Black shucks or black, yeah. black uh, bulls or black calves, again, with glowing red eyes. Um, but but very very few. Um, I'm trying to actually sh- uh, struggle to actually think of a British Bigfoot. Okay, no, it was a question. So uh, yeah, it, it kind of said, well, that might make some sense because you know some of these, uh, for instance, we in in New England we have coyotes and and uh, the the coyotes actually have bred with uh, domestic dogs that are uh, stray dogs and and so we actually have a new breed. Uh, that has, uh, you know, populated our area. And I'm sure this is happening in other parts of the country as well that have coyotes. Well, they're introducing the wolf back into uh, parts of Great Britain now, and there are plans at the moment that they're reintroducing them into the wild uh, up in Scotland. But there are plans afoot to reintroduce the Welsh countryside as well. Because the the Welsh heartland is, um, once you're sort of away from the coastal areas in the industrial south um mm. it's it's very sparsely populated hilly woody um you know largely uh, given over to farming or or forestry mm. um and it, it's it's perfect wolf habitat and of course the wolf was a native to our soil up until we wiped them all out mm. um, so yeah so a saturday night i went to ghost hunting uh, to see if i too could could find me satan the monkey did you bring your uh, Ghost Meter Pro? I didn't because, oh, um, well, 
Well, I, I, I felt it was, you know, I, I was quite happy to be a paying guest. It was a, it was mm. a real nice change for me to, to do that sort of thing and to see how... Right. Well, I'll charge you when you come over here. Okay. To touch base with, you know, uh, contemporary investigations to see how they're run. Uh, right. the, the, group, the group was is run by a medium uh, and mm-hmm. his wife, and they had a, an investigation team of four volunteers. Um, and I have to say, we were we were well looked after. Mm-hmm. Um, were you know provided with refreshments. They had a range of equipment, um, fairly minimal, but but nonetheless, I'm sure everybody recognised um, you know the K2 meters, the cell sensors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a laser thermometer, there was some night vision goggles, and interestingly, something I'd never encountered before. I can only really describe it as some sort of Christmas ornament, um, and I'm sure they won't mind because they were, they were also describing it in a similar fashion. It consisted of five white plastic spheres, rather like ping pong balls, on mm-hmm. springy arms, which were inside each was a, an, a, an LED light, and then on the base of it was a sound to light unit, so each of the balls lit up a different color. And uh, it was very sensitive, yeah, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would ask Spirit to flash the lights or to interact with the, the, uh, the device in some way. There was also table tipping and there was a Ouija board uh, pulling out. All of the traditional things that I think most ghost hunters, amateur ghost hunters, are familiar with. Mm. So, no I EVP. mean, well, no, really, no EVP. Well, as, as far as I recall. As far as I recall, I, I did wimp out at 2, at 2 a.m. instead of staying till 4. Uh-huh. But um, uh, they didn't have any in their kit that they'd sort of shown us. So I'm guessing that they probably eschewed that. So how many people were there, roughly? Um, I, this comes down to that problem of getting people to come this far west. Uh, mm-hmm. The castle could easily cater for 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the night there was um, in the investigation team. And I think there was nine in the um, investigation party. Okay. So there so, was probably about 14 people. Yeah. Which, which actually, you know, in terms oh. of an investigation, it, it mm-hmm. works much better as, a, as an experience for people if, they, if there is a smaller group. But, of course, if you're in it um, as a commercial enterprise, which, which the group that, that I was there with are, then there isn't much encouragement for them to come back again in the future. Um, interestingly, there were only um, myself and another couple uh, who were local. People had, the rest of people had travelled around uh, from the Midlands, and, um, so around about two and a half to three hours journey time to be here. Uh, but the locals uh, didn't seem to be that bothered by it. Maybe that was an advertising issue, or maybe you know locally we we just don't want to go there something. Mm, don't know. Um, what did you bring? Any particular equipment yourself? Did did you? Uh, no, I I took a torch. I took my trusty notebook and pen and my wristwatch. And uh, as I said, I was there to participate and to observe. Um, I I you know I am aware um, that you know I have a reputation, mm-hmm. uh, and that the the organisation I was with knew me. So mm-hmm. I didn't think it fair to um, you know uh, in any way sort of take over or, or, or come, fra- come, out, come forward from the shadows. Um, it was very much their event. However, because, of, because the castle is very local to me and it's a place I've visited on countless occasions, then there was times where I was able to help them out with the history and the legends um, hmm. because, you know, they haven't visited the place for maybe three, four years. Um, and as I said, it's two miles down the road. 
So did I mean how? What type of experiences did the the uh, people that went have? Well, what was interesting is um, initially it was really rather quiet, and it was starting to look like um, it was a bit of a struggle to get any form of interaction. Um, mm. the, I, to sort of put it in, in in context, the castle is predominantly open to the skies. Um, although it was a very clear night, um, uh, above freezing, but only just in a nearly full moon. But nonetheless, there was no sort of real interaction from the Ouija board or from the table tipping or calling out. Um, and the first, so the third of the night um, was, I think, a little bit of a struggle for people. Um, but, the, you know, they, they had been briefed beforehand that, this, this happens on investigations. Sometimes lots happen and sometimes not very much at all happens. What was also interesting is that um, the, uh, the groups had been split so they were predominantly female um, or predominantly male. There was a mix, but it was predominantly female, predominantly male. And the girls... Was, what was the particular reason for that? It was just the way it, it, was just the way it split down. Um, oh, okay. There was, no, there was no planning in that initially. Uh, okay. But a lot of the girls started to say how cold they felt and how uncomfortable they felt, whereas the boys were saying almost the exact opposite, saying how warm it was and how comfortable um, and unfrightened that they were. Hmm. Uh, so then uh, an idea was had to have three girls around, the, around a, a, a table and see if they could get it to in any way interact with them. Mm-hmm. And all of the boys left the room because clearly, you know, maybe our presence was um, off-putting in some way. So we waited outside, and after about five minutes, there was an enormous crash and a bang. And really? The three girls, the three girls came sailing through the door. Uh, luckily, the, we were still outside in a position to stop them going herring down the, 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 the steep stone steps. Oh. Um, and they'd said that the table had literally picked itself up and catapulted itself across the room and hit the stone wall uh, about four or five feet away from them. Um, was that on video by any chance? No, no. There was no recording of it made. Oh. Um, we, we, with great difficulty, persuaded them to go back um, and repeat the experiment again mm-hmm. with the same people under the same circumstances. And it was with great difficulty. One of the participants in particular was you know, very, very reluctant to go back, but she was persuaded by her friend. Um, and I have to say that nothing happened the second time. Hmm. Um, now... Later on, or uh, around the same time, actually, but from, from the other group who were on the western side of the castle, uh, they were setting up a beam barrier, one of these infrared beam barriers that I'm sure we're all familiar with. Like a laser grid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those came running across the courtyard uh, screaming um, and had said that they were absolutely certain they'd seen the uh, figure, uh, the upper torso figure ahead. Of a, of, a, of a male looking at them uh, through a, a barred gate Ooh. at the base of one of the towers. And they were, you know, they were absolutely convinced that this is what they'd seen. And, Any photographs? Uh, no. Oh. Um, I, that was the thing that was interesting about this group, um, that there was almost, whilst they encouraged people to, to use their own cameras, and there were mm-hmm. one or two cameras evident, most of the time they spent, the you know the camera spent the night on the table um, in the in the base room, um, and the group itself didn't seem to or if uh, didn't get any cameras out 
and didn't use any video cameras. No video at all, no infrared, no... Not, not, not that I can recall, apart from the night vision goggles, which, of course, you're entirely reliant upon the, the, the person looking through the, through the, uh, the viewfinder. There's no right. recording facility on it. Um, so, no, no evidence, but people went away. Um, I assume, you know, I left a little earlier, but uh, when I left at two, people were absolutely buzzing. They were, you know, having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hospitality was fine. I've got, you know, no, no, no axe to grind. It is a commercial company. They, they, you know, they, they don't promote themselves as anything else. And in mm-hmm. fact, I was talking with the medium, uh, and I'm actually going to uh, get him onto the show in a few weeks. But okay. he was, he, he was quite clear that you know you can't do an investigation in a public access context. Um, so they were giving people a, a flavour of investigation, the opportunity to, to try out some of the techniques. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, from my perspective, people had a good, uh, you know, an enjoyable, pleasant night. Which, which was, was the goal of the event, I guess, to start yeah. with, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, my only comment, I mean, the price might seem, we talked about the price before, $60, um, that, buy one, free. It doesn't. That's actually pretty cheap. And well, it's it is cheap. But if we put it in context, when I arrived, when I moved here uh, in two thousand eight, uh, the same castle plus the adjoining watermill complex, you could have uh-huh. the whole lot with the keys for one hundred and fifty pounds for the night. Oh wow! Current, currently, you get the castle for some of the night for four hundred and eighty. Wow! So that's and that's, cool. in, yeah. that's in six years. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, it's all about supply and demand. It is, and there are you know there are hundreds of groups in the UK who are organising public events, um, public investigations, and of course they're all competing for for what's a fairly limited number of spaces, uh, locations, mm-hmm. and the locations know that, and of course the locations it's 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 very much a seller's market. True. True. And, and you can't really blame them because, I, I mean, they do, I'm sure, pay taxes on those places and uh, upkeep or whatever. I mean, it's definitely got to be yeah. something involved. I mean, it, to be realistic, um, they, what they, they provide nothing but somebody to let you in and out and then a person mm-hmm. to sit in the office all night. So, you know, okay, you pay somebody at double time um, and, you know, some inconvenience money, but... 480 is still a huge amount of money for what is effectively a shell because it's not like British castles that's you know been partially restored and is roofed mm-hmm. and has got exhibits inside it. It's it's a four wall open shell except for the Great Hall, the Undercroft, and the Chapel area, uh, Chapel Tower. Uh, so you know you, you're looking straight up to the sky for three quarters right. of the castle. Mm. I I know we're coming up in the break, uh, but I, I I find that you know, but I mean, assume they paid taxes on that land and and on the castle itself, even though it's a shell. I would assume that that. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. don't begrudge them, I don't begrudge them a profit, but you know, yeah. we've got to be reasonable about this, and you know, they they want the revenue, and the revenue, you know, they've they've done restorations on the castle, which obviously is is um, financially um, expensive. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a feeling if they drop the prices a little bit, then maybe more people would turn up, uh, yep, more event that's... companies would be drawn in, and then they would get a more reliable revenue stream. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I have to ask you, and I know we're coming very close to the break, is did you have any experience at all that night? Um, you, you don't need to be psychic to know the answer to that. I had a thoroughly enjoyable night, and mm-hmm. 
night, and um, I didn't have anything paranormal happen. Okay, so that's the music, which means we have to take a break. So uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet Parax Ghost Channel, and now Planet Paranormal, right back after the following messages with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so Anne, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get... 
so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. Well, there was obviously no heartbeat tonight, so he's dead now. Get ready to live la bella vita Ooh. with Dawn Catherine <laughs> on Talking About <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm normally brought into part two. I think we got two. control excited. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm normally brought into part two by, by uh, your, your pacemaker. But tonight I was denied that that privilege. So I, uh, Anyway, you're listening live to Ghost Chronicles International here on Togenet. Para X, another one, which is Ron. Planet Perio. That's the one. Planet uh, the I, iTunes, tune in, and two tin cans and a piece of wet string in between. Tonight we were we were chatting about uh, ghost hunting in castles, and I was thinking back at oh, to a away. castle you took me to. Yeah, we're not going to go to that one yet. We have, we have to finish up. Well, first of all, we have a, a question, so we have to deal with that. And then oh, second okay. of all, it, it, you kind of brushed me off at the uh, break there, and I asked you if you had any experience. And no, I, I didn't. I, I answered I you. I said I had a lovely time, but nothing paranormal happened. Oh, nothing paranormal happened. No, no you, you, you just any... faded out. You just, you just moved your fader too soon. Did you just uh, – I mean, nothing paranormal happened, but did you have any experiences is what I asked. I didn't ask you if you had any uh, paranormal Okay. None whatsoever, except okay. I had a good night out. Yeah, I know you said you had a good night out. Okay, so I, I, was... I was I was immediately outside the chamber when the table uh, apparently flipped and hit the wall. Uh, so I was so I heard the event and I, I you know saw the girls come running out the room. But that was all I experienced. That was the closest I was to any of the paranormal action that night. Okay, okay, okay. Just curious. That's all. All right, so moving along, we actually have a question, and this goes back, and it's nothing to do with the castle where you were in, but it has to do with where you are uh, in London, okay. UK, London. or something. I don't know where it is. Okay. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of 50 Berkeley Square, the most haunted house in London? <laughs> yes. Every ghost hunter um, has heard of Barclay, Barclay Square, not Berkeley Square, okay. um, of, no, of number 50 Barclay Square. And third floor, I, no one goes up there? Yeah. Oh, that's the story. story. It's a story. Well, that, that is the story. The story is, you know, there's, there's – I would say to people, Google the story because it's actually quite a long story and there are umpteen different versions of it. Essentially, the room is supposedly – uh, haunted by something very evil and, and unpleasant. Two seamen, two sailors, uh, broke into the building and spent the night there when it was uh, abandoned, and they were found dead the next morning with their faces. Is that a true story? No. Um, fixed, fixed in 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 horror. And there are number, countless other stories attached to Barclay Square. Um, so I have to ask the, the, the reality of it is it's still there. Women. I have to ask the most empirical question. Did Mosana go there? No, they didn't. Ooh, because, because <laughs> yeah. 
I can't remember what its current use is. Um, it was it was for a while a bookshop, and it might well be remain a bookshop. And the third floor comprises the offices and the uh, storage areas for the bookshop. Um, I think for a while it may have been, or it may currently be, uh, the offices of a legal firm. But there have been no tangible reports of anything taking place in Barclay Square. Uh, the whole thing is is a story that's spun way out of control. And one of our earlier guests uh, from, from about 12 months ago now um, has uh, fairly extensively uh, written about it and, and spoken about it. It's, it's a great story. It's like the lady in black, the woman in black, um, and other you know, great ghost stories. Dickens, of course, was a... You know, we have a great shared history of, of ghost stories. You know, we have Dickens, you have Edgar Allan Poe and others. Um, we all love a what? good gothic ghost Lovecraft. story. H.P. Lovecraft. Um, but but Barclay Square comes under that, very much under that genre. Unfortunately, it's made it into, you know, countless ghost gazetteers uh, written down as fact uh, and appears as a factual account of a haunting, um, as, as indeed the many hauntings that when you scratch the surface of they cease to exist um so i'm sorry 50 barclay square nice building mm. but you have no true accounts you've never investigated so no i've i've yeah and it's with it being sort of privately owned business it's not the sort of place that i think i don't believe has ever encouraged any form of investigation um for re- for the simple reason is there was never any need to Right. Um, you know, there's there's no point in. I don't think they need the money, um, and it's it's. You know, if it's, it's a solicitor, I'm sure they don't. One one very small room in a in, in you know over three floors of a building. You're not going to get very many people into there. So uh, no, Barclay Square. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay. So, anyways, that was uh, a question from Seal and Cat from PowerX uh, chat room. So I just wanted to uh, you Good know address that. Yeah, that's good. It is a good story. So go on the internet, look it up, and it's called Barkley, 50 Barkley Square. B-E-R-K-L-E-Y. That's Berkeley, not Barkley. Will you learn to speak no, English? It's... Well, oh, we invented God. the language. It's Barkley okay. Square. Well, you're not doing a good job in it. Anyways. Where did the nightingale sing? Where did the nightingale sing? In the what song. Nightingale? The nightingale sang in. Which I don't know what you're talking about. Keep going. World War II. Whatever. The nightingale sank in. It wasn't Berkeley Square. I have no clue. Do you know, you say Berkeley, and then you, and then, so it's as it's written, and then you accuse us of not knowing our language, and then you say aluminum. Yeah, aluminum. Which is aluminium. Yeah, right. It's how it's written. Yeah, fine. And how come tarot is not tarot? T-A-R-O-T. It, tarot. In, uh, in some quarters, people do say tarot. I'm the only one who says it in the United States, and I get constantly crucified the because the rock. Well, taro, I think sounds. It's not more. a caro; it's a carrot. Yeah, I think well, carrot's got double R in it, but yeah, it's um, got double R. I'll give you that. In 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 some quarters, people do. Uh, some mediums, some some people who who uh, read the cards do actually refer to it as card. Uh, right. I don't know the origin of the word actually. Let's, let's Maybe somebody can look that one up. But I think it's posh. It's, it probably sounds more French and exotic if you say tarot. 
Yeah, well, it's like Ouija. It's like you know, Ouija is the, the correct way. We and ya from the French and German words for yes, so it's yes, yes board. But most people, you know, particularly in New England, call it the Ouija. The Ouija board. Yeah, there's actually a, a lot of uh... on now, haven't you? What's that? Hello. What happened to Skype? Hello? Why? Hello? You mentioned the figure of evil pops up and kills Skype. Are we dead? Board is Anyways, uh, as I was saying, um, so, oh, I'm well, st- you are still here. I'm still here. So um, does that mean that Ron's still here? <laughs> Talk to me in words. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about castles, and of course, one of the great privileges of being British is our extraordinary range of ca- uh, castles that we have. Yeah, I'm sure um, you know we, we everybody's familiar with Windsor Castle, uh, which which has a range of ghosts associated to it with it. Um, and I don't, to the best of my recollection, I don't think Windsor Castle, with it being still a current royal residence, has been investigated. Although a number of other royal palaces such as uh, Holyrood in Scotland and perhaps Britain's largest castle, which is on the south coast, um, at Dover, certainly have been investigated and have a range of paranormal activity associated with them. I was very fortunate back in, I can't remember, I think it was 2007, to be able to spend four nights uh, at Dover Castle. Dover was, uh, for those that are unaware, was the headquarters of the Allied defence efforts um, early in, in the Second World War um, and was extensively bombed and attacked by the Germans uh, as the convoys came through the English Channel and gained the reputation of being Hellfire Corner. Hellfire Corner. Um, and lots of people have reported seeing lots of figures from medieval soldiers in some of the tunnels Cheers. Thank you, Destin Nathan True. At least, I, at least I'm still... I don't know what happened to Ron. But anyway, um, we were asked to conduct an investigation as part of a TV programme called I'm Famous and Frightened, which, if you're listening in Great Britain, will require almost no introduction. However, for America, if you take uh, eight very minor celebrities and lock them in a castle for four days and four nights... Uh, whilst they conduct ghost hunting experiments and a TV audience vote for who the investigation or who was who got to spend an hour locked in the tower on their own, um, that was the price we paid that for a chance to spend such a, uh, an extended period of time at Dover Castle. One thing that we did learn whilst we were at Dover, so we, I much lower unless you've been to put Steve put Ron on mute sorry I'm just reading the chat room um, ask me a question somebody but nonetheless uh, whilst we were at Dover Castle uh, there were some activities that took place can you hear me Stephen on and off camera so I think for the sake of sanity and clarity we'll ignore anything that took place on, on camera except perhaps, perhaps. An incident when the, I use the word celebrity in its broadest sense uh, fell off her high-heeled shoes and tottered backwards 
in one of the underground galleries um, and was convinced that she'd been pushed and was very, very chastened and very, very shocked and very, very upset. Of course, once you watch the video playback, you realise that what had actually happened is the, the stiletto heel had got caught in a grating and she'd stumbled and, and uh, fallen. What does your future hold? At the moment, I'm worrying about what my future holds because I'm watching the countdown clock, which says 50.44, and thinking, well, okay, we've done Dover Castle, um, where people have reported Roman soldiers. Well, can you hear me, for God's sake? Sound of medieval choirs. No, I can't hear Ron at all, Karina. Where people can report the sound of medieval choirs singing uh, coming from the, the, the chapel. Interestingly, uh, Dover was also the place where one of the most bizarre parent I'm aware of to place a group, a British group called ASAP, which is the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, decided to conduct a paranormal investigation. I, I can't hear Ron at all, uh, Karina. Um, I can't hear anything except me. Oh, okay. Right. I'll just finish this story about um, this ASAP experiment. Um, they decided it might be interesting to see what would happen if spirits, uh, you know, if they were f by being drunk. So they got drunk and they conducted their investigation. And halfway through the night, from the depths of the tunnels, um, there, was, there was noises. So they crept down the tunnels to find one of the investigators had fallen asleep with his Walkman headphones on. And the sound of the Walkman, of course, was echoing back up the corridors. Apparently, everybody can hear Ron and Steve. I can't hear Ron, and I'm being told to shut up because Ron wants to speak. So, uh, if you'll excuse me, I will hand over to my silent co-host. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know what's going on. Uh, evidently, Steve has lost his hearing, uh, probably from the ape. Uh, it finally got to him. He, you know, he won't admit that uh, he experienced paranormal activity because... Uh, of his image and he can't say what I'm saying. So I can say whatever I want about Steve, which is really awesome. Um, so anyways, I, I've had the great pleasure to work with Steve many times and I find him a great investigator, but he's a little bit on the cynical side. So anyways, uh, we are coming up and I think <laughs> unfortunately I, the sound came back on just, ah, <laughs> uh, that's too bad. So anyways, I think we're going to play a beyond bizarre so I, I can, uh, clean, uh, Steve's ears out or something. So anyway, I don't know what happened. Yeah, okay, if you say so. <laughs> Probably had to mute them. So if we have uh, a Beyond Bizarre, Karina, can we play that, please? The Silver Queen Hotel. In Virginia City, Nevada, there is a hotel that has stood the test of time. First built in 1876, the Silver Queen Hotel still does not have phones, televisions, or alarm clocks in any of its 29 rooms. Popular among history buffs and those who come to Virginia City to vacation and gamble, the Silver Queen has been host to countless wedding parties, anniversaries, and romance seekers. It also plays host to a few ghost hunters, for it is known for a high level of paranormal activity. While some people come specifically seeking ghosts, other unsuspecting guests have been shocked to witness haunting activities. One couple heard the sound of a banjo being tuned in the room next door, only to find the room empty when they went to investigate. The couple also heard an argument going on outside their door. When they flung open the door, they saw no one, but they still heard two voices arguing. 
The couple became convinced that the hotel was haunted. They were later awakened by a loud pounding at their door, but when they answered, they found only the empty hall. Other guests have reported hearing creaks, footsteps, and doors opening and closing. A terrifying tale from Varla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar. So there you go. So I guess uh, you can hear me now, Mr. Parsons. I can right? hear you now, and I'm still like, you called me cynical. Did I? No, no, no. You heard, you heard that it was cynical. More. It was in Skype. So it was, you know, distorted. Was it distorted? What were you really saying? So what word sounds like cynical? Cynical? Don't you know? Cylindrical. I said you were cylindrical. Ah, you were cylindrical. Well, that's, I'm not sure that's a compliment. I think I'd rather be cynical. <laughs> So anyways, I guess, I, do you know, no, hang on, I right. want to come back on that because I guess people do consider me to be cynical, but then I think I'm cynical well, elite, about... Elitist, cynical, uh, I well, can I go say elitist. Few more. Um, oh yeah, elitist, yeah, we, we, I get that too for you, but that's all right, that's okay. Um, I like I, I, I am certainly cynical relating to all claims of the paranormal in so much as uh, I believe that everything should be questioned, even what I say. And, you know, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't take my word for it. Go and do your own research. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, anyways, we, we lost the hearing. Uh, you lost the hearing, I guess. Yeah. So the so somebody said the full moon thing, and and of course we're in this blood moon cycle here. And uh, I'm actually going to look into that tomorrow night on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. At, uh, it's the seven. end of days. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, my favorite astrologer, uh, Dorothy Morgan, on. And she's going to talk a little bit about the blood moons. So there you go. So, hey, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Didn't an American preacher just come up? Uh, I was reading on the oh, news they the other day. Do that. They One came up and said it marks the, the sort of end of days and the, the start of a new cycle and God's yeah, wrath upon the... Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. <laughs> but anyways, while you... You sounded were... cynical then. I did, really. Yeah, good. Yeah, or cylindrical. Yeah. No, not cylindrical. I go to the gym, remember that. I'm a mean, That's lean true. fighting machine. That's but anyways, while you were over here uh, this past uh, year... Uh, I did take you to a castle, and you, 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 you began to mention this uh, a little earlier, which was, uh, oh, God, I just, ha- Hamden. Hamden Castle, that's right. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And he actually holds the second uh, number of patents to Edison in the United States. And he was very much interested in the occult and the paranormal. What's the difference between the occult and the paranormal, by the way? The occult tends to cover more of the uh, the personal magic side. Occult, from the Latin word, literally means hidden or, or um, buried away, hidden away. Um, and it, it covers things like dark magic, prophecy, uh, necromancy, uh, the conjuring of spirits, um, whereas the paranormal, I, I guess, is an umbrella that would sit even above that. But the, the two of them, you know... Uh, demonology and all that tend to be put under the dark side which is occultism the dark side so okay it, it, it's funny how we label everything in, in we like labels we've got to have yeah. labels uh, 
I, I don't understand. I mean, that's all a man-made thing. And we, and I, we were talking about it on Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition uh, uh, yesterday, in fact. Uh, Maureen was on, and she was, you know, all mediums like to validate everything they say, and they they to science and stuff, you know. And uh, they were quoting about mathematics being the universal language, blah, 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 and, and this is purity. It's not, but most people don't realize that we created mathematics, for us to understand certain things, we develop mathematics to understand it. Because oh, it goes with... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely a sign, isn't it? I think what, what is interesting is that um, if you look at the history of occultism, um, signs and symbols played a great role because the vast majority of the population, of course, were completely and utterly illiterate. Right. And writing, writing and numeracy played no part in their lives whatsoever. So it was left mm-hmm. to an intelligentsia. Um, and we still get it today too. I mean, you know, in in, in Britain in the 17th uh, and 18th century, there was a, you know, quite quite some revolutions um, when they decided to move the the mass from Latin into plain English so that everybody could right. understand it and write the Bible in English rather than Latin, because it removed that air of mysticism and meant that everybody could could interpret the Bible. And indeed, there was an explosion of um, religions. We had the Puritans who uh, you will be very familiar with over in New England, mm-hmm. um, because they, they've, they themselves could interpret the Bible. So signs and symbols have always been a way of protecting one's um, exclusivity, a, a, a secret language for your pals. Um, well, I mean, isn't, isn't that how language kind of started? We started out making well, signs no, I th- and symbols I, for different things. Yeah, if you look at the the China uh, the cave paintings of uh, from thirty thousand years ago in France, mm-hmm. and there are some of that similar age in, in Great Britain. And, and, and I, the, is, isn't isn't words really symbolism for a particular thing? Yeah, well, if you look at some of the hieroglyphic languages, they they are uh, stroke or letter stroke representations of a concept or an idea. Um, but they do seem to be related primarily to to hunting and gathering and feeding the family. Um, there are some that have been interpreted religiously, but if you look at the cave paintings of, of France and Britain, they do seem to be predominant. In fact, a lot of the Native American art relates to um, hunting. Aliens. Relates to some people might say so, but it does seem the most important thing. Uh, for a human being is we have something to eat, we have somewhere to wa- uh, so we have somewhere warm and safe to live, and we're able to reproduce in safety. Um, so we we naturally are very concerned about those topics. Religion, I think, is is possibly a way of trying to explain that. Um, in you know uh, that was the foundations of religion, but of course religion is a fantastic control mechanism, and it does allow the intelligentsia to impose rules upon people and to impose control upon people. Exactly. But this isn't a show to discuss that. No, because we're running out of time. By the way, I just want to let you know, I did learn the mass in Latin, so I was an altar boy, believe it or not, back in the day. So there you go. Uh, you know what's interesting uh, is I have my, and we're running out of time, is my paranormal study group meets tonight at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. Uh, and one of the things we're going to be looking at tonight is actually eyewitness testimony. That's the best form of testimony because, in reality, that's the only testimony we've got. In because reality, we, it's, it's the worst what we're thing. dealing with. 
yeah, what we're dealing with when anybody says they've seen a ghost as the bell. But if anybody says they've seen a ghost or had an experience, it is exactly that. It is a human experience. And there is no piece of equipment that we possess in our arsenal of ghost hunting gadgetry that can measure those human experiences, those human emotions. Um, we can measure the, the signs and symptoms of them, most but we of the can't measure them. that we, we see and believe we see are wrong. Well, we're all victims of our of our, of of our the way our human brain interprets the world around itself, and then relays that to our you know, to us to our consciousness. In, um, in reality, most people. The worst think. thing I think, yeah, I think the worst thing anybody could say is, "I know what I saw." That's true. In reality, we think that when we see something, those images are actually sent to the brain, but that's not true. Our data is sent to the brain, and the, the brain actually assembles that data into a visual. Yeah, I mean, the images that comes up the optic nerve from the eye is inverted for a start. Yeah, but that, not even to that, but to the brain itself. The brain yeah, does not the- receive images. Well, I, I mean, there have been some classic psychology experiments that I'm possibly not the best in the world to, you know, to talk about. But where I'm sure you've all seen that that sort of jokey thing on Facebook, where if the first and last letter of a word is correct, you will right. tend to speed read the word because our brain assembles it. Le- we we never read a book word for word. Um, you know, we we skip through books at frightening rates, and you, you can put double words in the the. And people will will not see the double word mm-hmm. um, because our brain knows what's coming next. It knows what to expect. It's filling in blanks. It's running ahead of us. That's because and, our, our brain spends a us. great deal of time to try to understand and, and see things. And the, it requires a great deal of energy for the brain. So that's why it cheats a little. Can, can you uh, – I'm sure you've – I can't say this, but the tunes are on, so we have to leave. I just got the message. Radio with a cutting edge. Good night. God bless then. I was overseas in battle When the postman come to me And he handed me a letter I was as happy as I could be For the fighting was all over And the battle had been won Then I opened up the letter And it started Dear John